Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 33 through 35 of part 6, Stone Ocean. I changed my mind. I'm starting. Hello, <laughs> George Brundle. I'm Larry Hi. Davis. We're back. Hello, we're yes. and deliver. Uh, we're talking about the show. Uh-huh. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's we're back right. to the good stuff. Uh, no more of garbage movies. No more crap films. We uh, keep our heads nice boy. and clean over here. Highly curated media. That's the only stuff that I watch. That's for sure. Anyway. This is, is not an true. ultimate episode of Stand and Deliver. Maybe ever. We don't know. Because <laughs> well, who yeah. knows that they'll make more of this shit. <laughs> well, I was... Th- no, they definitely will make more. The issue is, like, will both of us be alive by the time it comes out? I kind of... I question it a little bit. Nah, because the Netflix, the Netflix deal, the sort of exclusivity that they had... I have not researched. I don't know when that stuff expires. I don't know if it was just for part six or what's going on with that. But I do know that the way that they released these episodes could have not been like more harmful to viewer engagement for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, like every time they came out with the batch, I would see people posting about it for like two days and then never again. So yeah, that's what happens when you dump episodes out in one fat batch. The conversation around that lasts barely a week. Yeah, and then when you have like months at a time where there's just absolutely nothing, like you're going to get less people tuning back in when you do put another batch up. This is like a really terrible way to have gone about making part six. I'm a fan of it. I'm in favor of it. I think they should keep doing it this way. <laughs> Donate ball peen hammers to George Brundle and he will attack his friend Larry Davis for his bad opinion. Oh no. Not again. <laughs> Send them to the address in this podcast description. Yeah, okay, I'll put the address down there. I'll put it right next to the poll about if we should do the Yu Yu Hockey show. (laughs) I was thinking about that name earlier today and how good it is and how it would be terrible to go to waste and how I also don't want to do that podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I have been Although I maintain, like, that. We could just like do that first season that's good and then just bail on it, but eh. yeah, possible. But I also feel like enough people like the Dark Tournament that you kind of have to get there well, out of obligation. Eh. And if you're doing the Dark Tournament, then you might as well just go all the way and see how bad it becomes afterwards. Mm. It's a slippery slope, Larry. Yeah, how bad it becomes after that. Sure. I, I think the Dark Tournament is just painfully average. Yeah, but in comparison to the stuff before it, sure. that that's quite a drop. Yeah. yeah. Well, the further you get in Yu Yu Hakusho, the more down the crapper you go. Um, I just, I wonder about Steel Ball Run sometimes, just because of the way that this was handled. 
like if they do it how would they go about doing it and i think we talked before too if you do uh horses then it's got to be cgi yeah and i got into a mild altercation with the gentleman online Shocking. because i was like well they're like there's no way they would do it. they'd have to do everything cgi and rocky's been out there saying he's not in favor of cgi and it's like they've already been doing yeah, that for part like six, every though. vehicle i mean they've yeah. been doing it since part one but, my my point with part six was there were numerous instances where they kind of needed to do it like the snail thing where you really just aren't going to traditionally animate that but they've also been doing it for very like minor character movements like somebody ducking around a corner yeah. or just running so i don't see why they wouldn't rely on it for horses i don't know and i wouldn't really have a problem with that either because like you said there's yeah. not really any way around it because that'd be insanely hard to animate I think I just like ended the argument by going like nobody understands how horses work, so I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're a mystery. Yeah. Um my I also wondered though how they would navigate around some of the more adult content that appears ever since that comic became more of a a Sinan thing. I don't know. Sanin. Yeah. Like I I have not read Steel Ball Run or Jolian, but I have heard that there are several instances of characters committing acts of sexual assault in those. And so cool. I, wonder... uh, I mean, the weird thing is, like, this series already seemed like a Sanin series to me. Yeah. Uh, the level so, of violence I involved. I think, like, the main difference between that and Shonen is more of just what this kind of the subject matter. I think things are handled a bit more lightly. Than other Sanin things the, I've read. The thing is, like Sanin, from what I have seen, has a very broad range where it can be from like pretty mild, like Fist of the North Star or something, which is kind of less violent than JoJo in a lot of cases, to mm. stuff that's just like a borderline hentai. So, no. I don't know. I uh, was reminded recently about the panel of Jonathan like doing that karate chop thing through the middle of that guy's arm and Hell splitting yes. it from fingers to shoulder. So yeah, there's been some <laughs> grotesque I mean, stuff in this. That, that was basically before. like something straight out of Terrifier too. <laughs> like he, Art the Clown does that at one point to a person in it. Mm. Should I watch Terrifier? No. Okay, I They're kept bad. seeing. I kept seeing people go, "It's the scariest movie ever made." No, I, all that sounded like hyperbole to me, and then I like read a synopsis, and I was like, "Well, at the very least, this does sound disgusting." Well, yes, that is true. Like, the All thing right. is, those movies are basically just, like, gore special effects reels with, like, a very yeah. flimsy story between them. And some of that stuff's cool, but they're they're not good movies. The second is better than the first, but it's also too long. I do love Art the Clown, though. He's He's a little scamp. I think that we have established on this podcast that the part we like the most about Mithrigan is the fact that it's bloodless. So, of course, we would not like <laughs> of course. the Art the Clown movies. <laughs> but yeah it, it has if we you're watched, looking for blood you get a uh, whole lot of that in terrifier and uh chris jericho shows up in the second <laughs> one. Oh wait now i'm now i want to watch it again it's like a, it's a post credit scene well that means i have to watch the whole movie to get to jericho there's no other way so. for me to see jericho in that movie i have to watch it all okay it's a post credit scene you can't just skip to the end of the credits who would do that we watched a batch of three episodes. Uh, we're at Cape Canaveral where some fun, wacky stuff's happening. Cape Canaveral at an unnamed space station. 
<laughs> space center i guess it would be yeah obviously sure. um but yes in, in the japanese dub you can hear them say kennedy space center uh, but in the subtitles it's just the space center well you know there's a lot of litigious names in the japanese version you wouldn't want to say kennedy i'm pretty sure someone's got a copyright on that <laughs> yeah, um, probably <laughs> but no we start in a, well, that uh, has a fun... to be legal right like that's just a place like they could say yeah. that Yes, it ha it almost certainly is legal to just say Kennedy Space Center. Yeah. I do not know why they wouldn't, but they have made some baffling decisions about what they decide to censor in the Pretty English good one here though with the stand name, but we'll get to that. We're yeah. on the road again. Yeah, we got a boy driving the car. It's fine. <laughs> He's got a bunch of He's got a bunch of like uh, telephone books strapped to his feet so he could hit the pedals. It's they're okay. Like, they're like wood tiles or something. Yeah, I think like. he actually has it. Yeah, or bricks or something yeah. like that. Um, but I do like this opening bit where uh, Anasui and Jolene are in the car and Jolene's like asleep on Anasui's shoulder. We've established before I want them to hook up. I'm I'm rooting for Anasui. Mm. I know that you have issues with that because you've got <laughs> some sort of weird like fixation on Jolene. Wait, what? Yeah, you wanted to marry Jolene. You said that in one of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, probably. I thought it was very weird. Anyway, also very <laughs> weird, Anasui apparently has pockets in the shoe soles that he wears on his torso. Uh, I guess. It, <laughs> Just... It's good they have some sort of utility. It's like a <laughs> Rob Liefeld pouches or something. Guys got more pockets on their shoe soles than women do on their pants. Am I right, fellas? Well, no. Please laugh. Please laugh. I need this. Yes. yes. My joke landed. It landed. I'm Titus from Final Fantasy X. I'll be performing at the comedy store on the 18th and the 19th. I'm available uh, for parties. <laughs> not bar mitzvahs, though. Not after what happened. He's okay with bar mitzvahs, but not um, quinceañeras. That's the real problem. <laughs> Might have said some things like a quinceañera once. I did not understand the age range those things were intended for. <laughs> uh, he wants to propose to Jolene. He spent all of his money on a really expensive engagement ring that's just covered in diamonds. Still looks bad, though. Yeah, it's it looks really stupid. Bad. Anyway, check these gators outside the window. <laughs> yes. Ermis <laughs> is so psyched to see the gators. <laughs> so here's... I was kind of thinking about this earlier today, too. The word himbo is used in a fairly endearing way, is it not? You've said this before, yes. Okay. I may have, and I have totally forgotten about this, because I've also been himbo-fied. But... I think you brought up a couple of times All that right. they're like bimbo in the good way. Yes. I, I appreciate Hermes's himbo spirit just ruining yeah. this precious moment by going like, shit, look, a bunch of alligators. And then Jolene immediately being like, let's throw stuff at them. <laughs> yes. Including an expensive engagement ring that she was not aware that she had. Yeah. I mean, no, no, she just wakes up, finds something in her hand, chuck it at a gator. <laughs> I just like, also, the reason she throws it at the alligator, she's just like, that one's big. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah. And then was very excited she hit it. I was like, yeah, yeah we pissed it off. Woo! <laughs> he 
it does like directly remind me of the bit from part three where like Jotaro and Kakuin are in the train and Kakuin does the like tongue thing and just yeah. goes like, look, Flamingo's in flight. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Um, that's still one of my favorite bits in all of JoJo's. I think just the the weird tongue thing with the la, cherry. La, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I really like the look of Hermes <laughs> and Jolene's faces when they're like staring out of the car, and they got these like mild, mile wide smiles on their face for beaning this alligator. I forgot when uh, Jolene throws the ring at. She yells, "Take that, dumbass!" <laughs> so in the English dub, she says, "Fuck you, asshole." <laughs> of course, she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anasui starts is, uh, having a by the way to, to the listeners uh, George uh, recently started playing Disco Elysium under my supervision to no surprise he's a big fan of Kuno yeah he's great <laughs> he's got like some of the best written dialogue in the game he's like one of the most engaging <laughs> characters sure he's on drugs he calls That's a true. corpse his fuck gimp and throws rocks at it I'm way That's into right. Kuno yeah he's great Anyway, I punched Kuno square in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, that's like a better outcome than not doing that. I am glad that I have surprised you a few times with the absurd luck I've had with rolls in that game. Yeah. Because I've pretty consistently had under 50% for everything, and I've just been nailing them left I mean, and right. you've been getting, you've been passing checks there like 15% or something. Yeah. I punched the shit out of Measurehead. Yeah, yeah and, and, well, kind of. Between uh, Larry and I, I am the better Disco Elysium player. Uh, okay, <laughs> you, uh, you. I think I've locked yourself out of the karaoke event later. Um, <laughs> despite saying like going with all the superstar cop route choices. Yeah. Uh, when you got to that karaoke thing, you were immediately like, "I'm leaving this thought right now," and then wandered over to the stage <laughs> to do nothing. So I don't know if you can get back to that Well he was just like I should probably stand over there And see if it feels right And he, I did The line specifically right. says when we're done here You should stand on the stage mm. I felt like I did exactly what there, the game expected and of again, me And again uh, The main The first big shivers thing that shows up uh, George bailed on that As soon as he could So he did not get the where the hood at part Or find out where anything is so, uh, after recording tonight, we're going to be playing more of it, and uh, I'm just going to let him wander around and not guide him, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> just hit my head against a bunch of things and ultimately mm. hate the game. Well, time um, doesn't progress in it unless you're doing dialogue choices, so... Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, back to the show. Honestly, yeah, is now crying Disco Elysium. I would rather play Disco Elysium as well. We got two more podcasts okay. before we need to get through this. And then, All right. then we have plenty of time to play Disco Elysium. All right. Um, we're headed to Cape Canaveral. Honestly, is now bawling because Jolene threw away his engagement ring and didn't realize it. And uh, Imperio is like, hey, hold on a second. I need to like GPS some stuff. Can you hold my computer? <laughs> Just dumps this fucking nineteen ninety eight PC into Hermes's so hands. They're, Those are heavy, here. by the way. Yes, they are glass but, monitor, man. But he does this. He dumps it on Hermes, and there's a part where, uh, in the subtitle, she says something like, "This is an old computer." In a dub, she probably says, "Fuck, this is a fucking old computer." Fuck. 
but um, <laughs> I will find out right now. I'm going back to see what she has to say about this. Um, it's weird she says that because obviously this takes place in was it 2012? I think. Um, uh, but yeah. it, it would have come out in like 2000, so at the time that wasn't an old computer. Uh, she says this computer is a total fossil, though. I thought she, I thought you were gonna say she says it's a total fucked up piece of shit or something <laughs> because that seems like what they would do in the dub. She says the c word. Whoa! Multiple times, wow. <laughs> really quickly. It's almost like a muda muda thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's I had a computer like this for quite some time because yeah. I was poor as hell. So yeah, I had a computer like that in two thousand. Four or five or something. I was using the CRT to play Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 games for an absurd amount of time. So I, I was playing using a CRT and a computer like that uh, looked like that to play Doom 3 and Half Life 2. Those Nobody were like 2004. Older than us. <laughs> I'm sure there are people older than us. There have to. I be. don't think that's possible. I I think that's bullshit. What if there were people using computers older than that to play, like, Doom 2? I don't think a computer older than that could run Doom 2, though. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, maybe not. Doom is a very difficult game to run. It has that super shotgun. It does have the super shotgun. That takes a ton of computing power. Yeah. It's a super shotgun. It's not a regular shotgun. No, it's two shots at once. That's right. That means you, doubles you have the power. to have double... That's right. You have two CPUs inside of your computer to use the super shotgun. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. I watch LGR. I understand PCs. Carmack was like really ahead of his time. He was like, nobody's going to be able to play this now, but we're future proofing it. I'm sorry for this extremely unfunny bit. Not much happens in the first of these no, three episodes. It <laughs> it's not that interesting. Pucci en- encounters a horrible <laughs> nerd. <laughs> That's like Who the main will- thing that happens here. Poochie shows up, uh, Poochie has IBS and he needs to find a bathroom and this guy lets him into the Kennedy Space Center and then starts annoying the shit out of him and Poochie's yes. not into it. Um, the scene goes on entirely too long, but also appropriately so because of what this guy is. There's also a bit where it shows um, like some informational stuff that's happening at the Space Center on the monitors. And it's yeah. funny because they talk about how like... You know, the gravitational pull here is less than any other place on Earth because of the moon tides, whatever. It's yeah, you're funny at the that equator. yeah, it, it also yeah. specifically mentions uh, the, like the sea level in Japan, which I'm sure the people in Florida would care a lot about. Oh, but people in Florida notoriously care about other cultures and oh, yeah. things outside of their like general vicinity. They're they're very like they've huge global heads. Those guys they Globalists. can't get enough. Yeah. Some would say, people in Florida. Some would. People in Florida, big globalists. They love globalism. They love learning about things that happen around the globe. Ron DeSantis, huge globalist. <laughs> That's right. He passed that bill. He was like, "We need more books depicting other cultures." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hugely important. He took over the district, the special district for Disney World, because he thought that they should have more small world rides. Of He's course. Put them in there. Yeah. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is a prick. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, Ron DeSantis should make use of uh, Florida's freedom to ride around without a seatbelt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think that's all I am allowed to say. Speaking of horrible car crashes, 
Yeah, uh, gravity done gets fucked up in this episode. Basically, the whole point of this episode is Poochie's new stand powers manifesting is related to gravity in some way. We find out more about exactly how in later episodes. Kind of. But it is pushing everything away from Cape Canaveral, or, well, more specifically, the Kennedy Space Center. Yes. And so what is just a road that you would take to get to the place that you were going to suddenly becomes basically like a a wall Mm -hmm. and the more the gravity increases opposite of the kennedy space center the more the characters basically find themselves in a situation where they need to like scale the road to get up to where the kennedy space center is yeah it's a good bit it is i i think it's a really good concept i also just think that they don't do too much with it not really is fairly contained within about like eight to ten minutes of this episode well Um, the sex the second one they do yeah sure but like this this first bit of them on the road there's not much that's done with that um it does remind me though going back to part three again of that uh bit where they like i can't remember exactly what they do but remember when they are like fighting that other car and they get pushed off the cliff Vaguely. I think they have to like Kakuline has to like fling the car back up or something like that. Kind of. I sort of remember <laughs> what you're talking about. I don't know. Remember 18 years ago when we watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> Part Three: not. Stardust Crusaders? <laughs> I remember uh, the I, cherry on the tongue. We all remember the cherry. That is unforgivable. That and like anything dealing with Alessi is like Ugh. fully. Burrowed into my cortex what about the baby also? The fang baby yeah, I remember the fang baby I remember lolly ho oh, Hey no. Yeah, you would always say lolly ho Oh yeah, 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 okay yeah. Yes yeah. Uh, Welcome to the, the thing penultimate is, episode when of the you Chris said Farley that, show when you I am said your that, host, George Brundle I was thinking the other kind of like lolly ho And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Are we talking about VTubers again? What's happening? <laughs> no God, now, I hope now, VTubers get Larry, eradicated from the surface of the earth. Now, Larry, which type of VTuber do you like more? The jiggly Whoa. ones or the lolly ones? <laughs> you only they've yet to, they've yet to discover a third type of VTuber. They don't exist yet, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day we will go back when it was just giant disembodied photoreal cat heads and hamburger people. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> We've gone too far. We need to go back to God. Yeah, I just I don't really get the appeal of watching VTubers in the first place unless like if I wanted to watch somebody stream, like there's a bunch of other streamers I would be way more interested in, or I would just do that in like a voice chat with friends. And if I wanted You're... to see dead or alive jiggle physics, I would just play dead or alive in a dark room with the door bolted the way Fame Douglas intended. You're saying this when I know for a fact that you were way into Corona. We've already while. established that that was not a positive time in my life. <laughs> okay. We, I have described the apartment flooding event as a shameful moment. All right. Okay. I'm not trying to represent it as anything other than that. Anyway, uh, did you get that Corona DLC for uh, Sonic hell Lo- no. Lost Worlds? What God is it? No. Uh, Frontiers. Frontiers. I also okay. forgot for a second. No, I did not get that. I'm not going to... Because when you get that stuff, it still sends you like a thank you for purchasing thing, like you used your credit card, yeah, and I, I do know. not need that on file. 
government oh. agency going to be knocking on my door. Uh, sir, we want to talk to you about some purchases you've made. <laughs> I don't know why uh, PlayStation does that. It's really annoying. It it really is, especially when it's like, hey, we got a bunch of like free DLC things. There's like five yeah. associated with the game. We got to get an email for every single it, one. It's also it's like if you get free DLC for something you don't own yet, then guess yeah. what? That's going to be in your library forever. Yeah get a demo of a game or something that's like i don't like this now i gotta like hide it from my yeah. library otherwise it's going to just live here um yeah no uh vtuber shit is just like i think pretty much an extension of anime profile bullshit yeah the cross-section of those people virtually I mean, the same it's like something you've been seeing a lot recently that's basically the intersection between uh weeb stuff and also, like, anonymity sort yeah. of results in bad things happening. It attracts some really grotesque people. Yeah. I was just like... Anyway, get this... the, uh, what, what's her name, DLC for uh, Ryuga Gotoku Ishin. I don't know. That's, that's the thing, dude. I cannot tell any of these fucking VTubers apart. I don't, I don't know. know if this is like a I'm old and so I'm just not into this shit kind of thing. Or if it's just like it's so extremely oversaturated and also homogenized. I mean, that's basically it. It's just like they're all anime girls. They are all doing basically the same persona. Like, yeah, I don't know. I saw someone try to make a point today that it is basically sexist to say that, like, oh, it's all booba shit, and it's just like that's all I see, though. That is literally all that I see. like. The the agencies that push a lot of this content out there, I think, all adhere to the sex sells model. Look, all so I'm saying is, I just I want to download the Kenny Omega card from that pack. I don't want the VTuber. I don't want the other YouTuber weirdos. Give I hate me Kenny to bring Omega. It to you. The only way you get Kenny Omega is by making a deep personal sacrifice. Uh, well, I'm not gonna do it because it's well, like that's one out of six. That is your choice as a consumer. Free market, baby. I love the you free can market. Uh oh. <laughs> Big fan. Uh-oh. I looked at my ledger and my ultra-liberalism points are creeping up. I was going to say, I've been playing Disco Elysium lately and getting away into the free market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for the record, I have three points in communism and only one point in fascism, and I'm not sure how I got that. Not because I think I didn't make any fascist choices. I'm just not you sure did. which one actually contributed the point. I'm not sure either. I, I did figure out that um the bit where you said you could use the racist mug for your hustle to make money. Uh, yeah. That was what give, gave you the ultra-liberalism point. Okay, that's fair. Because you at first said that it was probably what was giving me the fascism point. So and I don't I, agree with that. I, I'm using I think that, that to would manipulate have been, fascists. Uh, yes, I think that would have been like if you had said this is a perfectly adequate depiction of a person of Asian descent or something. I did hesitate on that option. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, maybe the, the game should kind of yeah, take well, uh, no, the you wanted to pick the one that was like, it's just a well. joke. Can anybody joke anymore? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely would have given me a point in fascism. Yeah, probably. A hundred percent. Well, anyway, Larry and I not into VTubers. Um, no. Just in case anyone needed to know where we stood on this issue. What we are into is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's right. And also, like, uh, disembodied cat heads and hamburger people. Yes. We've already established that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, just to be clear. We this rig was so cool. It, it really was. And every, all, this, all this bullshit peaked at face rig. Yeah. Nobody used it. Terrible. 
honestly, just, like outside of the whole thing of just like you're following the trend, right? Of like people expect that it's going to be an anime avatar, and of course you want attention, so you do the anime avatar. Like it just feels wasted. I'd rather be like a weird, like hulked out Kermit. Or just something yeah. that's like absolutely strange. Like the whole thing with the virtual avatar is you're only limited by your imagination. And mm -hmm. I guess by the amount of money you have to commission somebody to make that avatar. So and that, yet, that's the thing goes anime. is like all of those American ones are under the V Shoujo company, which I found out recently was uh, founded by Mao Tindu, a great YouTuber of days past. Somehow ended up doing this i don't know beware it, the it ruined my day when i found out you know beware yeah. the pipeline yeah it went from those like good snoop dog edits and that a uh, weird like gay porn thing i'm blanking on the <laughs> yeah. name of or uh stone cold goes gourmet shopping yeah the best that, one that, my favorite one yes uh, super now, spice brothers great videos Apparently he is now your dealer for the finest in virtual lollies and uh, big boobs. Uh, I cry I about you... being harassed while jiggling constantly. <laughs> I guess while your anime avatar continues smiling. <laughs> that is actually my favorite thing about VTuber stuff is despite all the advancements in like face rig technology, it's still really bad about actually tracking what I assume to be genuine emotion. Yeah. Like I'm on that one, they're clearly acting. They're not oh, upset. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yes, they it was a, a very bad book. act. Yeah. Um, but I have like when I did see Corona's stuff, there was times where it was just like, I don't think that this is actually animating correctly. Yeah. <laughs> like they sound happy, but for some reason the character is locked in a permanent scowl and the mouth isn't moving anymore. The point so, is that despite all their rage, they're still just lolies in a cage. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> That's not, even not more illegal. <laughs> not in that way. In a bad way. Well, they're both bad ways. You want to come down to my VTuber room? It's in the basement. If you see the VTubers in the basement, if you go to this room, I've got Natasha Nanners. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one. Do you in know the Yakuza DLC? Have you ever heard of a pie? No. Or what's like a pie? No, you're really gonna like it. What kind of pie? What kind of pie? Now I'll take you down to the pie room. We gotta lock the door behind us. Okay, I like a, I like a coconut cream. No, I got a lot of soundproofing down there. Is like a Dutch apple. I think we might be getting our wires crossed uh, here. You said you want, you want to show me a pie. Bad bit. Aborting the bit. Bad bit. <laughs> I want out. Next episode. <laughs> no, we're not done with this. Er well, yes, Ermus. we are. Er well, we forgot to mission. Oh, right. Ermus, Ermus flies like, away. Totally, Next totally episode. Flies away. Real quick about the Ermes thing, because we'll probably like skip over it when it comes up later on. But I like how they don't explain how she managed to survive that because no. they do treat it as like a dead drop. It's just later on, like Speedwagon Foundation picked me up and I'm here again. But it's like, how are you alive though? Yeah, I know. She like gets smashed in the face with like looks like piece of a chimney or something. 
Yeah, she gets fucked up. Like, there's a bit during this where they almost seem to treat it like she might be dead. Yeah. We know that she's not because usually they handle deaths of main characters, especially this late, in a very specific way. Yeah. So there's there's no real doubt there, but they do treat it as the characters going like, shit, that might be it for her mess. Um, but everyone basically just climbs up to the Kennedy Space Center, and when they're there, they're like on top of... um. What are these? Are they basically just like you can go get hot dogs? I like like ticket booths. Of, yeah. I think he uh, says and, at one point it's like a ticketing station. Yeah. But uh, brand new stand, Poochie's new stand, shows up, punches like Jolene's hand, and some really disgusting shit happens <laughs> before the to-be-continued arrow pops up. Yeah. Like her hand's like turning, like it's caving in on itself and becoming like a nub and then like fingers jut out of it that are just down to like the muscle yeah sick it's really gross i bet it looks great in the manga and i forgot to look it up oh yeah i should go look I think at that there's some really detailed shots of like grotesque body stuff happening in these next couple of episodes and it looks bad enough in the cartoon but like it's it's always the case that the manga is more vivid because when you're just drawing a single panel to depict something, you can pour way more into the detail. Well, there um, there is a part when uh, Poochie's talking to the nerd, uh, where like his face like starts to go inside out. Also, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a Homer Simpson impression? No, that's not my Homer Simpson impression. Oh. I told Larry before we started recording, I've been practicing a Homer Simpson impression, but only in my mind. So I have absolutely no idea how it would come out, and I'm afraid to do it. Well, you don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. I might do it later you off the air because I'm very nervous. Do it. I, you know, I feel it's going to be a very powerful impression. You've said it now, though. I have. I've put the... Put the evil out there. I did. I have now put it into everybody's head. Oh no! Frog. <laughs> that is that is actually that just sounded like Kermit. That didn't even sound like Miss Piggy. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to do that I again. Was, and like, I actually wasn't trying. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do anything with that. I just wanted to yell frog. <laughs> I kind of want to try it. No, I don't. No, Next episode. Yeah. Sea uh, Moon. Sea Moon. Sea Moon. S E E dash M O O N. Sea Moon. Well, yes. Is this the stand that you were kind of just like, this one's got a real dumbass name? <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the same name said out loud. Them. Yeah. What, what's the last time that happened? I thought it was pretty recently. Mm. They changed something, but phonetically, Mary Lynn Manson. That might be what I'm thinking of, but I thought that there was one that was much more. I mean, they're going to do another one pretty soon, as we can see from the episode titles. Yeah, Made in Heaven. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not Made in Heaven. It's Made in Heaven. Made in Heaven. Do it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. If you do it too slow, then you're going to get a lawsuit. Now, well. Sea Moon's power seems to be to turn things inside out that it comes into contact with, which is why we get a lot of good body horror in this episode. Which it's also, also is like a funny stand power to have because it's still just like it hits you and it hurts you. 
it's just the method in which it does it is like really gross. Yeah, I'm into it though. Yeah, I think this is a cool stand. I'm not too crazy about its design. I kind of like it because yeah. it's just like a straight up fusion of the green baby and white snake. I guess there's also a good bit where we see Jolene's hair turn inside out, <laughs> yeah. which is the part that I actually found just to be outright funny. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of scrubbing through this episode because the sort of beat by the, the beat by beat of this is mostly just kind of coming down to like a bunch of aura aura exchanges. Um, Jolene getting her leg knocked inside out and stuff like that, but she quickly realizes that the solution to this is well, if you turn stuff inside out, mm-hmm. if you just hit me in the same spot you turned stuff inside out, it will become right side in again. That's right. So just need to make sure you hit me in the right spot <laughs> yeah and then poochie realizes that and it's like well okay i guess i'll just like go for your chest or head you know where it will kill you very much like, like the end of dumb and dumber it's like she slapped one of these bulletproof vests on me what if they shot you in the head yeah what if he shot me in the head <laughs> I do like Poochie showing up just being like, I have developed the greatest stand ever made. And then Jolene being like, check this out. If you hit me again, it just reverses everything. And he's just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Stand sucks. Doing another reverse Uno card on him. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he he determines then that the way to win is to just hit something that is vital. So you can't really turn it back because you're just going to be dead. Um, And what he gets is her heart. There's a good part before this where uh, Jolene like gets her thread out and wraps it around his neck and is holding him, and then Anna's oh, yeah. hanging on the thread and yeah, he touches the, the thread so it starts turning inside out. But then Anna Sui's like, "I put Diver down in the thread, so now it's turning me inside out." Jolene, you have to knock him out. <laughs> and then like, I guess nothing after? really happens from that. Also, because Anna Sui seems fine later. Yeah, he's totally okay. Um... But yeah, it is a good bit of just like strangling him to death. Um, which well, no, I, I mean, I think it looks like she was basically trying to pop his head off, like you pulling on the corpse in Disco Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wrap my arms around him and just start jumping up and down. Uh huh. <laughs> I forgot about this bit with like the army outside of Cape Canaveral too. Yes. I don't think a whole lot really happens with this though. It's just it, kind of it there doesn't, for but a it's a, a strangely. Uh, good view of the u.s military of them being like we need to help the civilians in there you know in real life they'd just be like carpet bombing it immediately well no i disagree with that Mm. i disagree with the immediate part because i think in reality they would just take like way too long to get there and do anything well that's true they would eventually carpet bomb it, but it yeah. would take them like 12 hours before they actually mobilize, and things would get like really bad by the time they actually do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a whole movie about that, and also Godzilla, and That's it's not right. even about America, but it is also strangely applicable. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, this this whole bit of uh, Anasui and then kind of strangling the stand, and then Father Pucci shows up and just gets her in the heart, uh, and she just starts like floating away. Yes, while imploding. Yeah, uh, and so Pucci very stupidly 
is like, I'm going to now turn my back on you other two stand users because you're unimportant and I'm going to go do something else now. Bye. You're not a threat to me. Uh, which is one of my favorite, like, bad guy anime tropes of underestimating mm -hmm. the side characters when, like, in reality, you probably just want to kill them. They're already there and they're extremely vulnerable. Yeah. Also, look it's at Emporio. Like, you could just, like, hit him he's once and he's dead. Yeah, he's a child. I know all about punching children. <laughs> <laughs> I am extremely good at that. Poochie should be taking a page out of my book and socking this kid. Uh, well, but saved instead, a lot of trouble. Yeah. Wanders off, and then Emporio gets this extremely long and well-written yes. text message. <laughs> Jotaro sends him a text message that's like a message I wake up to on Discord that you've sent me. <laughs> I'm very lonely, and I get bored, and I just want to talk to people about things, and I send you absolute tomes, and I'm like, he's never going to read Just like, here's five paragraphs about Flipnik. Like, okay, great. <laughs> I don't think I sent you five paragraphs about Flipnik no, specifically. No, you didn't, but it was something else. I do Some really like old Flipnik, game. though. I have a copy of... That's Flipnik right there. That's <laughs> a lie. That's actually a copy of Child of Eden. That's a copy of Flipnik. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an important distinction. Honest. You can tell the difference when you listen to yeah, it no. side by side. Here's a little ASMR for all of you out there in Radio Land. Child of Eden. Flipnik. Anyway, <laughs> Jotaro sends him a text message, a very long one. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, Hi, Emporio, my name's Jotaro. Maybe you know of me, maybe you don't. I don't know. I love all of Jolene's friends. Excited to meet you. Uh, my daughter's still alive. I can't explain it. I just feel it in my bones. Yep. Uh, we'll be there soon, by the way. Also, uh, sit tight, I guess. Um... Yeah, I like that this this text message is sent immediately after Jolene just gets punched in the heart and starts flying off, and Jotaro is just like, just so you all know, Jolene is alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do not know exactly what happened, but I sense that she's okay. I um, mean, at this point, he, obviously he would already be on his way. Uh, no explanation yet for how, but yeah. No. Well, we find out later, and it is, of course, ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, so... I, I'm trying to remember because we took this like two week break. When exactly did they get the disc back to him? Because mm, Emporio, last time, I think. Well, Emporio yeah, I don't got know. Emporio got stopped, and then like uh, what's his face with uh, Underworld? I'm yeah. blanking on his name right now. He like briefely stole it, and then after that, they went straight to Pucci and Weather Reports. Yeah, I'm assuming don't... sometime so... after that, and you, it's just off screen. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe sent it off with a bird. I don't know. I'm going to propose something to you. Because I, yes, I was wondering that too. I'm going, to, I'm going to run this idea by you. I want you to tell me how likely you think it is on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, Araki forgot to write a part where they actually hand the disc back <laughs> over, and then he was like, ah, shit. Yeah. And so he just kind of like made it off screen without really acknowledging that it happened off screen. Yes. Also, I would like to note, um, when uh, Poochie's stand first started evolving, its powers seemed to be that it would, like, age people or things, and it doesn't do that mm -hmm. anymore. 
So it absolutely does not. I, I would think that he started with that and then thought, wait a second, I already did that in the last part with Grateful Dead, and so had to change course. Quite possibly. Um, wait a minute, is it in the, in the dub it's C-Moon? Uh, I mean, they say C-Moon. Yeah, but I know one way they spell it S-E-E, -E, and then yes, the other way is just Yes, that's the fake C. name. Okay. The letter C-Moon is the actual title. I guess because it's just written here. I'm in the dub, and it just says episode 35-C-Moon, like the letters C. So well, I yeah, the, well, they the don't words, change but... the um, on-screen titles. So if that's written in English, it'll still be there. You think that they would have the ability to do that, and considering everything else about the localization, that they probably would. You'd think but so. I guess, but I guess not. And I guess it's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. It doesn't make much sense to me, but okay. Uh, Father Pucci has also realized that Jolene is still alive, and now he's freaking out. Mm -hmm. And Anasui is in pursuit. Uh, and of course, this is all because of the thing that we had talked about last time, that they are all Joe stars, and they say they, they sort of have this like sixth sense with each other. Um, which I forgot was also a thing that happened in part three. So this has been like pre-established that they have this sort of like sixth sense with other Joe stars. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're all connected. Like that was the whole thing with uh, Holly being affected. It is, but like I mean, more directly, there's bits of like uh, Joseph talking about like I can I can kind of feel Dio and I, I can yeah. kind of sense him out there someplace, but yeah, it's yeah, vague. Yeah. Well, um, Joseph also like his whole permit purple purple pur 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 hermit pur thing. Purple? His, his That's permit? not the name of it at all. <laughs> Perma purple. Uh, purple hermit was that you could like basically do remote viewing. Oh, you know that Joseph would be way into VTubers. I don't. Oh, he hates Japan. He, he comes around on it, though. I don't think so. Um. So that's actually something that I learned fairly recently. While all of Part Six is going on, Joseph is still alive. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Rocky has said specifically that he believes he's still out there, possibly dumber. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to believe. <laughs> well, he sure he did have like dementia. Yeah. Um. Speaking of video games I've been playing, I've been playing Shivering Isles, and I am now known as the Duke of Dementia, A number Great. one. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I almost forgot to bring that up. That is a perfect title for me, because I can't remember jack shit ever about anything. I mean, when I you were playing these episodes that, like three days ago, and I've forgotten all of them. When you are playing that, I guess you looked up how to access the DLC, and then sent me a message saying, like, they locked this behind, like, 24 hours of playtime? Why are they doing? When you had probably misread that's like 24 in-game hours before it pops up the duke of dementia <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what happened because yeah. <laughs> i was just like wait a second like there's no possible way they did it like even no. back then that would be terrible well no and then also looked it because up again and... if if you look it's like you can get into the dlc at level five so yeah. um yeah. Well, I've only leveled up like two times. What? Yeah, I've only got the notification to level up like two times. Huh. I I think it's because whatever I picked was like based around spells, and then I decided I don't want to use spells, and so I've that like wouldn't not really been matter. Like your starting pick doesn't make any difference. I thought it was based in like you actually using abilities that are relevant to your it class, is. and no. that's what causes you. To no, it's up. just using abilities levels them up. 
Well, who I, I think I, you I get like bonus experience down, like, for the three, ones. Yeah, what? Knock the difficulty down like three pips, and now everything dies in a hit. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, sounds the like a great way to play. It's just so weird because it's like every pip that you move up or down in that thing like substantially changes the difficulty in it. Because it's like, like specifically meant for you to not move that and stay at the default because everything sort of levels with you. Then why does everybody say different? Because like I looked up why I was taking like 18 hits to kill goblins at the start of that game. Because you pick something based like... on spells and then are you like no, using mine, mine was like Mine was spell sword. And so I was yeah. just using swords, and it was like, it, it's the second mission, and goblins are taking like 18 hits to kill, and I looked up, like, basically, am I doing something wrong with the way that I'm using weapons? Like, was I supposed to go someplace and upgrade something? I, I figured, surely I'm playing this incorrectly if it's taking this long to kill a goblin. And then every piece of advice I saw was the same, which was just, the starting difficulty is absurd, turn it down. Huh. I do not remember it being that hard, but okay. I saw people on multiple different forums giving that exact advice, and so I just decided, all right, I'm just going to turn the the difficulty down because I guess that's what you have to do. And then you just kept doing it. Yeah, it, it felt good the first time, so <laughs> okay. I just kind of kept doing it. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> <laughs> this podcast is completely falling the fuck apart. <laughs> I mean, did you expect anything else to happen? <laughs> no. All right. Of course not. I'm glad it's falling apart. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening to this podcast, I think at this point you're coming to hear it fall apart. Not listening to us talk about JoJo's anymore? Come on, be honest with yourself. Um, right. So Jolene is still alive. Poochie's monologuing about like how he will never be defeated or whatever, uh, and. Onsui finally pops out and attacks him. Good gambit on his part, which is just taking a corpse and using Diver Down to, like, make it resemble him. This is in the last episode, by the way. The third one. Yeah, we've already moved on. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah a lot happens in this third one, like, compared yeah. to the previous ones. Yeah, the the first two, not a whole lot's going on with them. Um, I like how it's... So, this didn't quite make sense to me because the way that his stand ability has kind of been depicted so far is he can basically put things into things. So even when he changed his own appearance, it was that he was putting like packets of cream cheese under his skin or something like that. Well, he, he can like morph bodies around because remember he morphs that one guy's like legs into springs and stuff and the guy's back into the Venus flytrap. So he can right, do I that. About that. Um yeah, he basically though has a diamond, a crazy diamond powers. If he's able to yeah. just take a corpse and have it like perfectly resemble him. Uh, also, a quick note here: um, there's a part where Poochie goes up to a space shuttle and just strikes a pose, <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of the parking yeah. lot, <laughs> runway, whatever. He's a JoJo's character, of course. I know, but it's like it's very explicit there that he's just <laughs> doing a pose in front of a space shuttle. I love Poochie so much. Um, I also like that when uh, Anasui finally explodes this decoy body, it just shoots a bunch of teeth out of it like shrapnel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of really good stuff in this episode of him just, like, getting spooked by the main characters, too. Yeah. Um, Anasui just appearing from the shadows and, like, mm -hmm. Jolene's hands popping out everywhere. Yeah. 
there's also a really good few like screens of Anasui goes to like punch him in the face, but he's already used Sea Moon to like turn his face inside out, so mm-hmm. like he's able to dodge the attack. Yes, and it looks really gross. And also, we've previously established if you get hit in the head, your brain will turn inside out. <laughs> yep. So this also don't make no sense. I mean, I I guess the place he does it, it's like sort of in the jaw, so he could probably survive that. But yeah, yes, but like his upper cranium like compresses as Is part it? of this too. Yeah, it it does. Okay, then yeah, that would um, be not good. No, I I mean again though, as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, half this stuff is just done for effect. Oh, also, Anasui like Spider Man's around for a little while for no apparent reason. Yeah, and just I like do really wall crawling. <laughs> I do really like all the bits, though, of uh, Jolene's hands just kind of appearing behind him. And, uh-huh. you know. Especially that she just kind of, like, gives him a quick tap, you know, just to yeah. freak him out. She's just fucking with him, basically. It's great. But there's also, like, a bit later on in this where she gives herself away and she could have just, like, aura-aura'd him and, like, solved this whole problem. Yeah. Anime. Yeah, she's got to, like, give a speech when she absolutely has, like, the element of surprise. Oh yeah, I see. Like he just fully sucks in like half of his head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Poochie's got this plan. Poochie's plan is to take uh some like rubbing alcohol. I think is what it is. I'm I thought it was to, like, like kerosene. Because it it, it, it looks like sort of a tan or something. It's it says on the label. I'm trying to just get to the exact. Frame it doesn't matter. It's a flammable it. liquid. Ethyl alcohol is what it says Okay On here So I just thought it was like rubbing alcohol That was part of like a first aid kit So he uses this to Yeah he he uses this to douse the area So he can set it on fire I had a moment where I was just like I don't think rubbing alcohol would actually create like that big of a fire And then I watched a video of someone basically burning his house down By accidentally setting a bunch of rubbing alcohol on fire So I'm incorrect It's pure alcohol so yeah I thought it would just like it would burn up too quickly for it to be effective in this sort of a situation Yeah, uh, it would burn pretty quickly But it would still be enough to do damage Not in the video that I watched yeah? It was on fire for quite a while huh. This guy was like uh, I don't know exactly what he was doing He was like heating up a thing of metal And he like dropped it into like a glass jar Full of water to show it boiling And then the jar of course like broke to pieces Well that's at why some, At some point he has like a bunch of rubbing alcohol that's just spread all over the table and then when that catches on fire it burns for a while and he starts having a panic attack i think that's because of mixing with water or something i i know like you could also mix uh rubbing alcohol with like a lotion to basically create napalm (laughs) that's what people come to this podcast for to learn how to make (laughs) napalm (laughs) it was in uh the night of on the next episode of Stand and Deliver, make sure you tune in. Grand finale, we're going to teach you all how to make pipe bombs. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Finally, cracking open the anarchist cookbook. Now that's some reading. That's <laughs> the anarchist cookbook right oh, there. Okay. I got it. Yeah, it's right here. So on DVD? Um, no, it's a book. Oh. So books sound like. I know that you don't read, you got everything on your tablet, so you've probably forgotten the <laughs> distinct jiggling, jangling sound that books make. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jolene is getting flushed out by this fire attack, but it's still not 
working out. She's still kind of sending her hands around. Uh, Poochie gets a shot in on her forearms. Hear that? Keyboard. Well, it's not what, making what a rattling that? noise. This is this is too secure in its case. Uh, that's my favorite book, uh, the Electric Six movie, Roulette Stars of Metro Detroit on Blu-ray. <laughs> that is an excellent novel. Yes, it's uh, Kafka-esque in many ways. <laughs> There's no cookie crunch at the casino. <laughs> you need to learn how to do some Dorfu. No one's going to watch that movie. I don't know how anyone possibly can. I think it's like pretty inaccessible now. I think now you can just like watch it for free online. Oh, I would I hope so. Know. Yeah, you got to see Dick Valentine's charitable work with Hmong children. <laughs> yes, and uh, Johnny National's uh, horrible work with exploiting children. Who was it? Who their whole plotline in that movie is that they've got a like backyard pool and they're getting way into testing the pH that, balance. That was Tate Nucleus, oh, keyboard good. player. Hey man, you get so much as a toe in that pool and you are out. Oh. And I'll get any fucking microbes in my pool. What doesn't one of them die in that movie too? Yes. I think I think Dave dies. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember Dick Valentine's horribly anti-Semitic song that he sings. <laughs> <laughs> Point to the shock and disgust of everybody in the room. I wanna say what you think will be Christmas number one in Straya. Great. Well, what I have is kind of a Frank Sinatra number, but uh, in your case, since you're technically female, think maybe more Amy Winehouse. Uh, this one is bouncy, peppy. I think it captures the true spirit of Christmas, and it's in the key of F. His religion's gonna flip your lid, so give me golden spices to that kid. I guarantee you, you'll be glad you did. He'll king you if you live along the yid. Oh, come all ye to Bethlehem. That's that's good. Yeah, um, I'll see what the other Thank guys you. got. Thanks. Felt good. She fucking hated it. Not good, my song. I guess. She did not like it, my song. <laughs> <laughs> so, we find out that Jolene has come up with a solution to Sea Moon's attack, which is basically to spin her threads into a Mobius strip because a Mobius strip doesn't have an inside or an outside, so you couldn't possibly turn it inside out. Smart plan. And also sure. we basically get the exact encyclopedic definition of a Mobius strip. Uh -huh. Like this, the way they wrote this dialogue is 100% just a Rocky Ad encyclopedia nearby. In um, short, Mobius strips are a land of contrast. <laughs> All of this is uh, like Iraqi doing a book report at school. Yeah, really, but like the sickest book report ever. Yeah. Written. Um. But yeah, I'm trying to uh, remember exactly what a solution to this is. I think it's still just like, well, you can't possibly turn your brain into a Mobius strip, right? Uh, it I turns so. out she does anyway, because she gets hit in the side of the head. She, and she like strips pop out. Yeah, she kind of like does the side of her head. She doesn't yeah. like completely I... go, do it like through her head, like she does through her body. Also, uh, when she does it on other parts of her body, they kind of just disappear and it heals up. But she still has like these big Mobius strip holes in her chest. So yeah. I don't know. 
I do like it that his actual plan is, so the way that Sea uh, Moon works outside of the fact that it can turn things inside out is that gravity is always relative to the opposite side of Poochie's feet. So if he is, uh, mm. if you're facing the bottom of his feet, then gravity is pushing in the opposite direction, essentially. And so what he does is he just walks around the ceilings and walls of this room, like Eddie Murphy, and this causes <laughs> yeah. gravity to shift. Poor Lionel Richie. It was Lionel Richie, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. I don't know why I thought that was Eddie Murphy. I thought that was part of Party All Night. I don't know. Or Party All the Time is the name of the song. It's been a long time yes. since I've listened to it. I thought that that was in that song. When was the last time you listened to Boogie in the Butt? <laughs> uh, last night? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, at least you're keeping up on that one. That important part of Eddie Murphy's oeuvre. Is that how you say it? Uh-huh. Uh, His the... oeuvre. oeuvre. <laughs> um, they're very inconsistent about the way the gravity like, takes place. Sure. Um, but his For plan example, is basically... Jolene just like stays in the same place and does not seem to be moving at all. Yeah, and I thought that his plan originally was going to be that he was going to cause a whole bunch of objects to like kind of drop in on her from all so, sides or something like that so but what not the i case. thought it was going to be was that he was saying like as this moves around objects keep falling so i thought he was saying like he would keep them moving around until they hit like terminal velocity and then launch oh, them that at her been, that would have been really good too i uh, know he just wanted a gun <laughs> i was gonna say you're thinking like a stand user <laughs> yeah hoochie's just like i want to fucking shoot you in the face yeah um, yeah, he gets a gun from one of the guards by attracting the corpse over to him, shoots, and then uh, just when it seems all hope is lost, <gasps> Jolene gets shot in the head and the part ends. The end. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, anyway, we'll be back uh, when Seal Ball Run comes out, um, whenever that may be. Really weird to end it this way, but you know, it's a bold, yeah. creative choice. This is why it's a Sinin anime. Sinin. Cinnamon. <laughs> now you say it. Sabibabin. <laughs> Suleiman. Um, Jotaro Shawshank uses... Redemption. <laughs> Jotaro uses the world to save Jolene, uh, <laughs> arriving just in the nick of time. We get an explanation Star of how Platinum they got there. Is so strong, by the way, it changes the animation style for the episode. <laughs> a different animation team has taken over. It's great. Like all the lines like get way thicker and stuff when he attacks Poochie. Looks cool. Oh yeah, that that bit in particular is really great. Mm. Um so I also like the uh musical sting from part three coming back in yeah. as well. Um always glad to hear it. Yeah, the animation lines get thick in like a clerk's the animated series <laughs> yeah, kind of way. Really yeah. thick. Like it kind of looked like um the animation from the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. Yeah, the only good thing to ever come out of Dragon Ball Super is that Broly movie. <laughs> yeah, the only good thing to come out of Broly is that Broly movie. Kinda, I still prefer Broly's old design, just from a purely visual perspective. I guess so. But, but, but like, yes, those movies like, were not nearly as good, especially no, like Bio no. Broly. God. No, Bio Broly is terrible. Unless you're way into seeing like a uh, little boy dick for some reason, because boy, Goten and Trunks got their pants off like 
through half of that movie. I remember this because I watched it with a friend back in the day, and <laughs> okay. we were both like, what the fuck is going on with Bio Broly? Like, what, the cops need to bust the doors in and arrest us. This is awful. Yeah. Terrible movie. Really weird and gross. Um, and not in any of the ways that I like. Uh, yeah, no, that new Broly movie is great. The, the animation is really good. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's unfortunate that they went to this ugly CGI shit for uh, this new one. And then I've been reading that apparently the animation director for Superhero is going to be the lead director for when they come back and do more Super as a TV series. And it's mm. like, great, the TV series already looked really bad to begin with, and now you're bringing in this guy, and so it's going to just look like a different kind of bad. Well, I didn't watch any of the rest of it, so I don't care. I have seen bits and pieces of Super, and outside of like them bringing back like uh, a Rayleigh, it's been pretty awful. From uh, what I've seen. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say the, the thing about uh, superhero that though is like that's a shame because it seems to be the one that's actually following up on the Gohan should be the new hero thing. Yeah, he's got that beast mode thing. He goes mm. into. That looks Piccolo's orange. I don't like the look of orange Piccolo. Me I don't either. like really buff Piccolo, but I do like Beast Mode Gohan because it reminds me of like one of those bootleg Super Saiyan levels that you would have seen in like the late nineties, early two yeah. thousands, <laughs> coming out of like Mexico. Gohan Blanco. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, it's an appropriate level of stupid. I think I've already mentioned on here. I unironically like Super Saiyan four and five stuff, though. So, but yeah, Orange Piccolo. I don't like any of it. Don't like Super Saiyan Blue, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Ultra I, I Instinct. Hate, I hate that shit. But that's also just because it's a like we just changed the character's hair color again, and that's it. Like I feel if you're going to keep doing different forms at this point, you should make it more ridiculous than that. Yeah, I, I did like Super Saiyan three because of the whole thing of like he has more hair now, so it left his eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Well, it's also just sort of like he went caveman mode. He <laughs> yeah, became kind of. so strong. And, like, yeah, I think that if you're going to do different forms, like, Super Saiyan 3 should be your jumping off point. You need to, like, go further in that direction with it now, which is what they did in GT. Uh, but now it's just, oh, it's Super Saiyan, but the hair is blue. Yeah. Oh, it's Ultra Instinct, which means it's regular Goku, but his hair is white. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't care. This is stupid. It's all stupid. The first, like, Super Saiyan God also kind of just looks like a Kaioken. Yeah, that's, like, even more just visually confusing at that point. Like, if you have no idea what's going on, you were just showing a picture of it. You'd think it's just Kaokin. Ugh. And the best one, anyway. Jotaro's here. Movies. Yeah, everyone yeah. loves Turles. I, I do. <laughs> I kind of do, too. He's great! He's, he's got, like, really dark skin, and he's thick as fuck. And he's evil Goku. It's great. Yeah. Jotaro's here. He threw an arrow and we get a very convoluted explanation about how it's they ended up. Yeah. So it's a, a harpoon that. This they've... made no sense to me, by the way. <laughs> I don't yes. know. <laughs> this is explained to me. I'm just going to read the subtitles because there's no way that I can like wrap my brain around this. It's absolutely okay. strange. Bizarre. Even. 
Um, I'm trying to cue it up. I also, real quick, though, while I'm going back to this, there's a bit where Poochie, like, jumps off of the wall back onto the ground, but his body is, like, stiff as a board when he does it. Yeah. So it just looks like someone dragged him in the animation window. It's really good. Just, um, yeah, like, adding keyframes to the tweening effect on Poochie. <laughs> we need more keyframes on Poochie. Tween Poochie more. We need more um, keyframes. People are going to watch us and think there's an animation issue. No, it's fine. <laughs> This is all working as intended. We fired this spear from three kilometers up in the air uh, and managed to drive it straight into the ground here at the visitor center. Okay. Using my stand kiss, I made it so the one spear split into two, and when I peeled the sticker off, it tried its best to come back together. As long as I held on to the spear, it still pulled me three kilometers towards the other spear at an extremely fast rate, regardless of gravity. I used the same principle to get here by dividing the spear a few more times, all while following where he sensed Jolene was. So where... Okay. So where did they launch the harpoon from? Was it like in the air? I, I... When I first saw this, I was thinking it was like uh, the Speedwagon Foundation had like an airship or something. And so they launched it from up in the air and then they somehow used KISS to like teleport themselves basically there with it. But then right, that fellas, whole thing about we do. doing this multiple times yeah. or something, I don't, I don't know. Here's what we do. We put Jotaro in a huge trebuchet. Okay. We aim it at the Candy Space Center. Yeah. And we, we just, we hand him a harpoon. That we okay. just happen to have lying around. All right. So now she uses Kiss on it. We launch Jotaro uh, with the trebuchet, and he's got the he's got the Kissified harpoon on it. And so she starts taking the sticker off so she can follow behind. We probably could have put her in the trebuchet. Yeah. <laughs> like, but anyway, like she's... That, and also, the, why have him hold the harpoon? Like, he could just be holding anything, and it would work if you were doing know, it that it, way. It, yeah, and it's this weird thing of so I guess she multiplied it, had a combat together, multiplied it again, and so she's like building velocity by doing this repeated time. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. I really think you could just put these guys in a catapult and it just flung them <laughs> really hard That's to what the Gandhi space. Center. I thought like if you shot it from up in the air down into there and she just like used kiss to get them there, fine. That makes enough sense. Yeah. But yes, then they needlessly complicate this to the point where I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, that's what I initially thought it was, is they just happened to fire a harpoon at extremely high velocity over there, and it had a kiss sticker on it, and yes. then Jotaro and her were holding on to a different, like, the copied harpoon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her explanation just goes several more layers deep, and it just starts to fall apart. Um, distinct possibility, we are both just too dumb to understand what is going on, though, to be fair. Uh, I don't think so. Well... Uh, Jotaro is here. He's going to Ora Ora Poochie. It's all over. Not sure how they could stretch this out over three more episodes. That just doesn't seem likely. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, mean, I do like, like this bit. there in the air. He's frozen in time now. Uh, Jotaro's going to launch a harpoon. This got to be it. Yeah. I do really like this bit, actually, where all the characters are surrounding Poochie and is just like you're fucked dude like there's no yeah. escape for you also you have inexplicably turned gravity off i guess because we're all just standing around <laughs> yes. normally i mean well he is like kind of punched out at that point so yeah he's he's trapped in this mangled door frame uh and then Poochie's just like jokes on you 
fuckers, you've been helping me the whole time. Like, you've punched me exactly where I need to go. Bet you never done that before, Jotaro, you idiot, you <laughs> stupid bastard. This, I wonder if it is intentional or not, but it did remind me specifically of the bit of him punching Dio over to Joseph. Yeah, I, kind that, of the, it probably is. Okay. Although, the thing is, Poochie kind of just like floats up into the air, so he kind of could have done that from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just like, I, I get it now, I don't need to be in a specific place at a specific time. It's all about, like, the Earth's rotation and a specific, like, frame of gravity. Yeah, so it's I need just to get the amount these... of gravity, really. Yeah, I need to get in these precise coordinates to manipulate gravity such that I am where I need to be. So there's this good bit of him just like kind of slowly spinning through the air in his door frame, rambling a bunch <laughs> of nonsense while everyone yeah. watches him. Um, but part of why I mentioned that uh, the connection to Dio is there's a bit where Jotaro is just like, hey, guys, check this out. I got a great idea. I'm just I'm just going to freeze time through a spear at him. Yeah. Problem solved. Uh, which a is a real Dio tactic of throwing a sharp object at a frozen combatant. Yep. But then, just like what happened in part three, Jotaro sees Poochie's eye move where he has thrown the object, indicating mm -hmm. that Poochie is able to move in stop time. Yep. I wonder if we'll get any explanation about that. It's bad news for Jotaro. I'm assuming that whatever the evolution is that Sea Moon is undergoing is going to allow him to completely bypass stop time and basically, like, take Jotaro out of the equation. Probably. Because, like, the easy answer to the Poochie problem here is Jotaro punch him a bunch. Jotaro, big, strong man. Yeah. And so you gotta do something about that. Um, but he couldn't... Uh, otherwise, he couldn't move during the stop time yet, anyway. Um yeah. He just like sees he's throwing it So he's able to move as soon as time resumes Yeah so he still Mostly dodges the attack He gets a little bit hurt yeah, uh, There's like a bit where Irma's tries to Shoot him And I think like I'm trying to go back and watch Because I forget what happens here Because he also stops time when the bullets Fire I think Simoon just like Punches that's, all the bullets That's just when he, uh, that's when he okay. throws the yeah, harpoon yeah, yeah. Sea Moon just punches the bullets. I thought that there was maybe a, a different thing happened with those. I was no. Um, um, it was funny though because the first stop time is when he shoots the bullets at Jolene, and so he could have just like picked those up and like turned them around, and then when time resumed, uh, Poochie would have a bunch of holes in them. But eh. yeah, well, you know, not everyone's thinking like a stand user like you. I know. Your whole like I'm going to increase velocity on these items thing. Yeah. I Sorry tell for you. being a tactical. <laughs> if we were in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure universe, you would have easily lasted at least three episodes longer than me. <laughs> Probably. You're you're playing 3D chess. I'm over here playing like Windows checkers. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. So we we end this with him ending up in like the doorway of the space shuttle, which is also now floating in the air. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of light shooting out of him so his stands evolve and next week presumably we'll be seeing a new stand not even presume we know we will because it's called made in heaven yeah it's right there in the episode title. title yeah i can see it i can read <laughs> congratulations yeah uh well that's it yeah. yeah okay so uh that's it for this week 
and we'll be back next week with the remaining three episodes of Stone Ocean and the finale. So yeah, who knows it... what we'll talk about next week? Definitely not JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for like eighty percent <laughs> of the recording. That's what the people come here for. So we'll see you next week on Stand and Deliver. All right, I gotta get uh, Calipi's going to be spring, uh, streaming pretty soon, and I want to get like a XL sandwich. So I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Simon, 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 Simon,